Hello and welcome to another podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I am Edmund Shing, CIO of Wealth Management. Today, I'm joined by my good colleague, Guy Ertz from Luxembourg. Hello, Guy. Hello, hi. So, Guy, today we're going to talk about the 1970s and stagflation, the similarities and differences with today. What is stagflation, of course, first of all, would be maybe the first question to tackle. So let me answer that quickly. Stagflation is simply a period of low economic growth combined with stubbornly high inflation. This is clearly something that we saw in the 1970s. And it seems to be something we may be going through a little bit today as well. So, Guy, if we've turned firstly to the 1970s and the similarities with today's economic period, well, firstly, what were the drivers of low growth and high inflation in the 1970s? And where do we see them again repeating today? Well, the starting uh, of the, the crisis, um, more precisely in 1973, was a conflict in the, in the Middle East, the so-called War of Yom Kippur. And the producers of oil in the region decided uh, about an embargo and thus the reduction of supply available pushed the prices of oil very sharply up. And of course, that has uh, and that had uh, an impact not only on economic activity because of higher costs, but also, um, especially via wages, an impact on inflation, um, explaining thus that period of high inflation and low uh, growth. There was actually a second, maybe less known factor, but at the time, uh, we also had some some impact from the climate effect, uh, similar to El Nino, on, on the prices of agricultural items. And these are also effects we have seen uh, recently. Of course, the reasons are not exactly the same, but I mean, the fact is that we have seen a very sharp increase in oil and gas prices. We also have seen an effect on the food prices. Of course, the food prices, for example, were more related to the conflict in the Ukraine. The same also with the very strong increase in the oil and gas prices. But there are definitely here also key differences. Yeah, so, I mean, those are the similarities, Guy. And as you say, a lot stemming from the war in Ukraine that started in early 2022. But there are quite a few differences as well. So we shouldn't maybe go overboard in drawing a parallel between the 1970s and today. So what are the differences, secondly, between the 1970s and you know, today? Well, first of all, uh, we need to uh, remember that the origin of the inflation increase in the uh, 2021 period was actually not as such an oil crisis, but was actually a rise in price due to the um, constraint on the supply chains in the post-COVID reopening uh, period. That was clearly here the main origin in uh, the inflation increase that we have seen in the last two years. Also, uh, what is very uh, different today is to what extent economies are vulnerable to oil price or gas price uh, shocks. First of all, um, we need to realize that um, companies are today using much less oil or gas, so the, the energy intensity has come down quite a bit. And the sources of energy, so the suppliers of oil and gas, are today more diversified. Um, I mean, especially for the, on the oil side, 
the US is now the biggest uh, producer, uh, also a key producer in uh, liquefied uh, gas. And we have, of course, uh, in, in especially in Europe, a strong push uh, in terms of the renewables. Uh, I mean, we still have a long way to go, but the, uh, the percentage of energy that is supplied by renewables has been increasing quite a bit. So we have a, a very different situation from that angle, meaning that even is there, even if a supply of oil uh, from the Middle East is reduced, it should have a much lower impact on the economy and on the uh, inflation side, on the CPI inflation. Uh, maybe another topic is um, inflation expectation. In the early uh, 1970s, in 1973, of course, um, the inflation expectations got it wrong uh, very frequently. Also still to note that at the time, central banks did not have an explicit inflation target. Today, the situation is very different. Central banks from the lessons or using the lessons of that uh, 1970s period are very well aware that it is important for them to have a credibility when it comes to inflation uh, stability. Because Paul Volcker, who was the uh, Fed chairman, who is reputed to have really broken that inflation trend by sharply rising the interest rates, uh, that is a very key lesson for today. Because for central banks, it is really a priority to have uh, inflation stability over the long term, because that is the key for stable growth over the long term. Whether that can sometimes create a slowdown in activity that is temporary is, uh, to some extent, a necessary evil. But the, the first priority is inflation stability. So in that sense, we also have a quite different situation. Now, why am I focusing on that? Because it has a very key impact on wage uh, negotiations. Because, of course, with inflation expectations being now much more anchored uh, than in the 70s, it also creates much less pressure in the wage negotiations. And also, another uh, interesting difference is that compared to the 1970s, the unions have much less power today simply because there's much less people that are in unions, uh, be it workers or employees. So the fall of the negotiation power of unions is also something that should reduce the risks of a wage price spiral. So that is really here, I would say, the, the, these are the lessons really to, to keep in mind. That's right. And I think there's one other point which we should maybe mention, which is that in the 1970s, well, in fact, 1980, we actually saw a second huge spike in oil. So really, the oil price didn't just go up in 1973, but took another big jump in 1980. So again, if we were to see that parallel again, today's oil price would need to jump by quite a lot again, if we were to repeat the 70s period. Now, taking our economic outlook, Guy, looking not just for the rest of this year, but into next year, what do we expect in terms of the path for growth and inflation? Well, what we expect is that we are still facing a period of slowdown that is actually uh, induced by uh, central banks' policy, because that is the only uh, way to really break the inflation trend and bring inflation back down to 2% in a more in a more stable way. So that's, in that sense, actually what, what central banks were, uh, were targeting. 
What is really important is that we see that to be successful. So inflation should continue to fall. It could take some time before we get to the 2% from uh, the, the levels today, but we have already done most of the, uh, of the adjustment, but the last part could be a bit longer. What really is important is to see that uh, continuation in inflation uh, rates and the fall in inflation rates, because that should open the door next year, probably by mid-year, for central banks to be able to cut rates again uh, with the Fed starting. And the fall in uh, policy rates uh, should also induce the fall in the long-term rate, the bond yield. That should have a positive impact on the economy via credit and uh, loans. And what we also expect is that the fall in inflation is going to improve the perception of households when it comes to the purchasing power and also induce a recovery in household consumption. A final point on the medium-term horizon is really here the potential for public and private investment, specifically in with the need of the reduction of CO2 emissions, and keeping in mind that investment has been running below average when it comes to uh, investment as a percentage of total added value, and that is really a potential even for growth to stabilize over time at levels higher than pre-COVID. So that is a bit a bit longer, a bit further out in terms of our view. Okay, so hopefully, in conclusion then, we don't get a repeat of the 1970s stagflation this time around, in spite of the sort of low growth and high inflation we've been suffering up to now. And frankly, let's hope for better times ahead next year, particularly when the central banks can finally start to cut rates. Excellent, Guy. Well, thank you very much for your time today. And thank you to our audience for listening to this podcast. Please like, share and subscribe to our series of podcasts. For more information on our investment strategy and investment themes, please search on the internet for BNP Paribas Voice of Wealth. Thank you. And until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>